to the Fantasy Shed On Air podcast. Everything you need to win your league. And now, your host, Rich Piazza. What's up, everyone? And thanks for tuning in to the Fantasy Shed On Air podcast. I am Rich Piazza, publisher of FantasyShed.com. You can find me on Twitter at FantasyShed underscore com and at Rich P Fantasy. You can find my work on that same site as well as occasionally on Fantasy Pros where I contribute and I am part of the expert consensus rankings over there. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting app. And for those listening in the New York area, I launched a new show called the New York Sports Beat. So please go ahead, check that out, as well as subscribe to that as well. And even if you aren't a fan of a New York sports team, you should still go ahead and subscribe anyway, because it's the right thing to do. And I appreciate it. So it has been a while since I have been on here on the Fantasy Shed on air podcast. The fantasy season has been over. And like I said, I've been working on some other things in that aforementioned podcast I just talked about. Um, had some issues here at the home with COVID recently, not me, but my family. So things have been a little hectic and I haven't had the opportunity to jump on here as frequently as I would have liked, but here I am and here we are. And we are now less than two weeks from the NFL draft. And that means it is mock draft. So here's the thing. It's a pretty cool little effect there. Mock drafts are always so much fun, right? But in reality, they're also kind of stupid as well. I mean, seriously, aren't they? Do we really know what these teams are thinking? Take a look at this draft, for example. Probably starting with, you could even start with the second pick, right? But really the third pick. We assume the first three picks we know are going to be all quarterbacks. And we might not exactly know who it's going to be, especially at number three. We might not even know who it's going to be at number two, although we have an idea. But we have guys and gals in the industry who get paid a lot of money to do this for a living. Mel Kuyper makes about $400,000 a year and is worth $7 million. And he's the most well-known draft analyst out there. And he is absolutely terrible. His takes are trash. He's wrong a lot more often than he's right. Why? Because he has no idea what is being discussed behind closed doors. And I don't mean this to be a Kuiper bashing, although I'm sure I can designate a full show to doing that. But back to Mox. They are fun to do, and that is why we do them. Are we going to be right? Most likely not. But who cares? Sometimes mocks are done as if you're the GM of the team and doing them from a standpoint of what you would do. Sometimes it's done as just a prediction of what you think each team will do. And I think that's the majority of mocks is trying to predict what each team is going to do. My mocks are done with both in mind. It's not just what I would do as each team's GM, but I also use team needs, scheme fit, and even more historical evidence from past drafts 
And I try to put that all together and make my picks. But more importantly, it's just for fun. Entertainment, entertainment purposes, if you will. Especially, especially when you have a mock draft that includes trades such as the one I'm about to explain to you. Now, predicting players is hard enough, and so it's nearly impossible to predict trades. But enough about that. And I usually don't do mocks that have trades until the very end. I usually release um, about four mocks throughout the offseason. Uh, off and then the final week, the final mock I'll do is probably uh, the Tuesday before the draft, okay, on Thursday, starting on a Thursday. And then Wednesday, I might do one more, which is kind of separate, and that will include some trades because it's outlandish to think that I can predict a trade or anybody can predict a trade in the draft, but it's just for fun, and that's why we do that. In this case, my mock draft is up on FantasyShed.com, and I tweak it there automatically with changes there. So that's why I don't know if you look at the post on the main page, it will say March 29th. In reality, if you look at the actual page, it will say updated on 4 Um, So there are some things. In fact, it should be updated even after 4 Not sure why that is, but let's go. I'm going based on what I'm seeing on my site. So hopefully there's nothing crazy here. Um, All right. So let's just run through this mock. And here's how it's going to go. I'm going to spend more time on players in the top of the half of the draft or those picks that might be outside the box a little bit. And then in the back end, we'll just run through them a little bit with some elaboration on certain selections. And I will, I will mispronounce names and I don't care. So I apologize in advance for that. All right. We'll start with number one. Obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars is not much to be said here. However, with the recent information regarding Trevor Lawrence and his, uh, motivation his drive to be an NFL star and to win it was questioned in an SI article that was just released Um, and it was questioned because of comments that he himself made his father made his sister made and his previous coach made and and one of the things one of them said was basically he can walk away from football tomorrow and be fine and I don't think this is enough to change the Jaguars' thinking or or persuade them not to take Trevor Lawrence, um, but I do think it is enough for them to at least question him on it. And he even went, and you could say this is it's no big deal. It's a non-story, and it probably is. And then he had to go on Twitter, or he went on Twitter, and he had to debunk that, explain himself, um, explain how he's just very comfortable in his own body in a sense internally and externally, um, and that he wouldn't need football to complete him as a person, in a sense, is what he was trying to say. Um, But then he went on about how much he loves winning and all that stuff. And So anyway, it's probably a non-story, but it's out there. Uh, But he's still going number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I said not much to be said here, and I said a lot more than I wanted to. All right, number two. All right, now things. this pick got a lot easier and clearer when the Jets traded Sam Darnold to Carolina. Um, there could be still some uncertainty surrounding who the pick will be. Uh, I'm pretty certain I know who it is, um, and I'm in alliance with what everybody else has said, and that's going to be Zach Wilson out of BYU. Um, And you can argue and say he's not the second-best quarterback in the draft. He should not be the number two pick. And a lot of people say that don't really give a reason why. 
And if they do, it's usually, well, he didn't play anybody in college. That's great. So let me just tell you something. NFL teams don't care about the level of competition of somebody played in college. They don't. That's a fact, okay? And when you look at other quarterbacks, we'll take Alabama. So let's take Justin Fields ahead of Zach Wilson because he played for Ohio State. How have Ohio State quarterbacks fared in the NFL when drafted? How have Alabama quarterbacks fared in the NFL when drafted? And I'm going back 10, 15 years or so. Now, the jury's still out on Hurts and Tua because they just entered the league last year. But those quarterbacks, they played the toughest competition in college on a weekly basis on their schedule. But more importantly, they played elite defenses in practice every single day against their own team. And they still couldn't come out and be successful in the NFL. So what does competition say? It says nothing. It's weak. It's a weak argument. Find something else. If you're going to question Zach Wilson, find something else as to why he won't succeed in the NFL. All right, number three. San Francisco gave up a bounty to move up from 12. Um, and one more thing about number 12, actually one, one thing adding on to this, is and the Jets, that's why I said one more thing, is there's some reports that the Jets turned down pick number 12 for Sam Darnold. That is incorrect. All right. It was never offered. There was some discussion in the Jets, between the Jets and San Francisco regarding pick 12 and Darnold. It would also include pick 23 and maybe other picks. That obviously never happened. Uh, it was just a discussion. There was no offer. I want to clear it up. But San Fran didn't make the big move up to three from 12 with Miami. And obviously that is for a quarterback. Now they have been adamant about the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be their quarterback for this season. They have been, you know, stomping their feet that this is what's happening. And if that's the case, I'm going to stick with my pick here. And I've had Trey Lance... As soon as they made this trade, I had Trey Lance mocked to them here at three. Um, and I know they did attend. I know there was a question because they didn't go to Justin Fields' pro day. They went to um, uh, Mac Jones' pro day. And then they did go to Justin Fields' second pro day just the other day. I Trey Lance, he, he might have the most upside out of anybody in as far as quarterbacks in this draft. But he needs a team that he's can he can sit behind for at least a year. And that is San Francisco. Because if they're going to say that Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback for 2021, well, then they obviously have a plan to whoever they are going to draft to sit this first year. And I don't think Justin Fields would be... I think Justin Fields can step in and start right away. I think Mac Jones is also a little more advanced. I don't think... I don't... I'm not buying the Mac Jones to number three. I just can't. And maybe it happens, but I'm not I'm not ready to say, I'm not ready to agree with that. I just don't see it. All right. He he's he's behind Trevor Lawrence for me. He's behind Zach Wilson. He's behind Trey Lance. And he's behind Justin Fields for me. And that's how, how I have it going in this mock draft as well. So I'm going to stick with Trey Lance because as I was saying, Lance has the most upside as he could have the most upside as far as quarterbacks in this draft. And he does need that team he could sit behind and 
that's going to be San Francisco. So I'm going to stick. I did not change this with all the Mac Jones talk, even though as soon as I, as soon as the 49ers jumped up to three and I, I, I released a mock, I did a mock then um, I had Trey Lance there and I'm going to stick to that. So I'm not ready to buy into the Mac Jones at three just yet. If anything, if it's not Trey Lance, I think it's Justin Fields. Again, not buying Mac Jones. I can't. I'm not ready. All right, pick number four is very interesting, and this is where the draft kind of starts, right? We know it's going to be quarterback, quarterback, quarterback for one, two, three. So what happens at four? And I'm sure Atlanta's getting a ton of phone calls on this pick. They could also go quarterback here. Okay, Matt Ryan isn't getting any any younger, but he's not done yet. And I can see them looking at a quarterback in round two. Okay, they have an early pick in round two as well. Um, and I think if they don't get the right package, I think they stay where they are. And I have Kyle Pitts going there, arguably the best overall player, aside, aside from Trevor Lawrence, in this entire draft as well. So the tight end out of Florida, uh, you pair him up with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, although he's at the back end of his career. And that is a dangerous Atlanta offense. So even Matt Ryan could really succeed. And let's face it, this division now is it's pretty much wide open, right? I mean, of course, it's Tampa Bay, the Super Bowl champs, and they can repeat, and they could also run the table. But there's no Drew Brees in New Orleans. Carolina is now looking to go with Sam Darnold. So Atlanta's got a chance here. Okay, they're a better team than their record and, and, the, and a better team than how they've played. And I think... I think they'll address quarterback. I think they might look for for Matt Ryan's replacement in round two. And in fact, I have in round two, I have them going with a quarterback. I have them going with a Davis Mills out of Stanford in round two. So um, I like them here sticking at four without a trade here. And that is Kyle Pitts to Atlanta. So now I have a trade here at five with Denver Broncos. Okay, Denver Broncos are making a trade. It used It was Cincinnati's. And Cincinnati, they could if they stay, they can go offensive line. They could go wide receiver. But once Pitts, I think, fell off the board there at four, I see a trade. I see Denver moving up, and I see Justin Fields coming off the board here. And I, in my original first mock, I had Atlanta taking Fields, and I still had Denver trading up for Mac Jones. But since in this case Justin Fields is still here. Denver calls his number because I'm not ready to get the, I'm not, as I said before, I'm just not ready to get behind the Jones will be drafted ahead of Fields narrative. I'm just not. So here we are in pick number six with the Miami Dolphins who went back to 12, then back up to six with um, Philadelphia. And they're going to get the, arguably the best offensive tackle in the draft in Penny Sewell out of Oregon. And then I have pick seven. Lions, they're going to go with the best wide receiver in the draft, and that is Jamar Chase out of LSU. Broussard Perriman and Tyrell Williams just isn't enough to replace Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, so they secure the number one receiver in the draft here. And now I have another trade here at pick number eight, which was Carolina. Well, it is Carolina, and they got their quarterback. Mac Jones is still there. Some teams might want to come up and, and jump ahead and get their guy, so why not? Let it be Minnesota. So Minnesota comes all the way up from 14 to 8, and they go ahead and they draft uh, Mac Jones here. Okay? So obviously they're not, at, you know, Carolina's not going to be looking at a quarter. I doubt they'd be looking at a quarterback if they're, just, you know, giving up three picks for Sam Darnold. But 
guess, crazy things have happened. So, so Minnesota gives them, um, gives Carolina some some future draft capital back. They move back uh, seven spots, and they they go ahead and take Mac Jones, who the the Vikings can save a ton of money, something like twenty five million dollars if they release uh, Kirk Cousins after this year. So that it could very well play a factor. So now we have pick nine, and this is where Cincinnati is now after the trade with Denver. And they lost down on Penny Sewell, but that's okay because some have Christian Darasaw even higher now, and that's where they go here. They would have loved to get Sewell, but obviously it didn't work out because the draft capital that they got to trade down was just too much, you know, to turn down. So they settled for the second best offensive lineman in this draft in Christian Darasaw. Pick number 10, the Dallas Cowboys, they go with cornerback out of Alabama, Patrick Satane the second. And there's a lot of options here. Mika Parsons would also make a ton of sense as well. And, you know, Jerry Jones likes to get flashy, so who the hell knows what he could do. Um, but I like Patrick Satane the second here to go into Dallas. Giants at pick number 11, they get Mika Parsons, the linebacker, the linebacker out of Penn State. And they'll look at other areas, maybe wide receiver as well, but I think it's just too hard to pass up on Parsons at this point. Pick number 12 is the Eagles after moving back six spots with Miami. Um, knowing that one of the top three receivers would be here at pick 12, and they'll be deciding between, uh, excuse me, between Waddle and Smith. And for me, it's Waddle. I have Waddle above Smith, and I can't, um, I'm going to mock him above Smith. Waddle goes 12 to the Eagles. Now, the Chargers, this is a wild card pick for me with the Chargers because they can go in many directions. And ultimately, I think they go with Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech, who many have actually sliding out of the first round now. He sat out 2020. Um, he just had back surgery, so he could slide down. He could even slide out of the first round altogether. I'm sticking with him. I don't like to change things all that much, to be honest with you, in my mock drafts. But I'm sticking with him at pick 13 for the Chargers. Because some, you know, prior to this, coming into this draft at the end of last year, he could he could have been the number one cornerback in the draft. And some actually still have him as the one as the number one cornerback on their board. Uh, pick 14, this is where Carolina is now after the trade with Minnesota, and they go with Gregory Russo, the edge out of Miami. And, you know, Carolina you know, might be questioning some moves back, but I think it makes sense, especially, again, they traded three picks, for Sam Darnold, so they are committed. At least they should be committed to him in some way or another. Okay, they second you're giving up a second round pick, which they did for next year, and and a fourth and a sixth. That's really it's it's not nothing. Okay, that's pretty good draft capital. So they could, um, like I said, they could move back to fourteen here in this mock as I have them, and they recoup some of that draft capital and and then more. After um, you know they'll get more back because that's a big jump from Minnesota. Pick fifteen is the New England Patriots, and they go with Devonta Smith. And they've done a lot in free agency, nothing exciting. Um, you know, they did you know bring in, obviously, the, the top two tight ends. They they brought in some wide receivers. Uh, but Smith is, is, they hope, the guy. They just lost Edelman. So Smith, you know, he's the guy that they hope will, will help Cam Newton because I think they'll address the quarterback position later in this draft or next year. But I think uh, DeMonta Smith might be the number one that they have been looking for, the true number one that they're looking for. I don't really see that in Smith. Um, I know he's undersized. I agree he is undersized. I don't think he has 
He's not the prototypical number one, um, but he could be in an offense like uh, New England's. Pick 16 is the Arizona Cardinals, and they go with J.C. Horn, the cornerback out of South Carolina. And you could flip-flop these cornerbacks any which way you want. Same things with a little bit with the offensive line like we did last year. You can have them ranked any any which way. So J.C. Horn, South Carolina goes to Arizona. And this could also be a good spot to trade down. I just couldn't find a trade partner for them. So they'll add uh, they'll add the depth uh, to the secondary here with Horn. So that is the first half of the draft. And now it's time to hear about Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season as Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. It's not NFL season, but they still have NBA, MLB, PGA, esports, and more. You choose five out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points and you win your share of the prize pool. If you're doing PGA, Thrive has new contests for each day of the tournaments, Thursday only, Friday only, Saturday only, etc. So don't sweat if your golfers ruin your weekend by not making the cut. Thrive has awarded over $1.5 million in prizes since launching in 2018. Use promo code SHED, S-H-E-D, when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. That's promo code SHED. S-H-E-D, when you sign up today and you will receive your instant bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Google Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Okay, we're back. Please check out Thrive Fantasy and use that promo code when you do. We are in the back half of the draft. We are at pick 17 with the Las Vegas Raiders and Predicting what the Raiders will do is nearly impossible. And I'm going to go here with a name I'm going to mispronounce entirely, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. How, how's that? Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. I think I did a good job with that. Uh, but that's who they go with here at pick number 17. Pick number 18 is the Miami Dolphins back on the clock. And they go with Alabama running back, Najee Harris, my favorite running back in the entire draft. And they have done a great job building their team. And especially when you're able to go and get uh, a guy like uh, like like uh, Penny Sewell in in pick number three, uh, pick number six before. Um, they, they're missing. One of the things they're missing on this team that is a playoff team. They are a contending team. As long as they get good quarterback play from Tua, which they – envision they will, they are a playoff team, and they are missing a lead running back. Well, not anymore. Not with Nigel Harris, and as a Jets fan, this pick absolutely kills me because I love Harris, and I would love what he could do over there in Miami. All right, so I have another trade here, and this is wishful thinking on my part, Uh, but I have the Jets trading up five spots from 23, and they go out and they get uh, one of the top offensive linemen in the draft in Rashawn Slater. I highly doubt, I highly doubt that Slater will be here at 19. But he he did. He he is in this mock. Sometimes when you're doing a mock and you're you're plugging you're plugging guys here here based on certain factors, the guys slip. And Slater is the one who I don't think should be here at 19, but he is. And that's why I think the Jets 
make that move. They have a lot of draft capital, even more so now with this Darnold trade, and they could use that draft capital to move up and get a need that they have not addressed. They haven't addressed the offensive line enough in free agency, as well as cornerback, as well as cornerback. So, you know, they could make a move up for a corner as well. But I have them going with Slater here. And the reason why I made this move also with Washington is because the Jets and Washington have been in contact, okay? They have been talking about Sam Darnold. So they have, so they might know what, what Washington might be looking for in an order of move. This might have been even addressed in those conversations with Darnold and perhaps even after Darnold was gone. Hey, um, what would, if your guy isn't there at 19, what would you look for to move up? So that's why I, I do have this move happening here. So pick number 20. Um, so again, Jets is uh, Rashawn Slater at pick 19 after trading up with um, Washington. Pick number 20 is the Bears. They go with Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver out of Minnesota. I like Bateman a lot. Uh, you can plug in Marshall or more if you want to, um, or Tony. I'm not really looking at either of them as first-round picks, uh, but you could. But I have Rashad Bateman ahead of them, so they go. he goes to the Bears at pick 20. The Colts at 21 go with Jason Owa, the edge out of Penn State. And like I said, I'm going to run through these back end guys. Uh, the Titans go with Quiddy Pay, the edge out of Michigan at 22. Uh, Washington is on the clock at 23 after that trade with the Jets, and they go with an offensive tackle themselves in Jalen Mayfield. So they still got their tackle, uh, their offensive lineman, um, and they got draft capital moved back with the Jets five spots. Pick 24, the steal is, is Travis Etienne. Out of Clemson, Pitt has been looking for a lead back ever since Bell has been gone. James Conner couldn't handle the workload. Etienne Ken, I like this. He can play three downs, uh, good receiving back, and it's really what the Steelers need. So um, I don't really like mocking running backs in the first round. I don't, and just so happened that we have two of them here in the top 25. Uh, Jacksonville, uh, pick 25, they go with uh, USC uh, guard Elijah Vera Tucker. You got to protect your new quarterback over there and Trevor Lawrence. Pick 26, one of the most underrated players, I think, in this draft is Zavin Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. A solid pick here for Cleveland, in my opinion, if they go this direction. Uh, you know, Collins has has the size and the power to be an immediate starter in the NFL right now. Ravens at 27, they go with a wide receiver. They go with Terrace Marshall the third out of LSU. I'm sorry, junior, not the third. Uh, free agent wide receivers seem to have turned them down a lot, so they'll have to look at the draft in order to get help there. Uh, pick number 28 is the Saints, and they go with Greg Newsom the second at a Northwestern, and this is great value here if Newsom is available at 28. I like it. He's somebody that I can see a team like the Jets trading up for or drafting themselves if available. Uh, because again, as far as the Jets go, I think the two biggest needs really weren't addressed enough in free agency, and that is the offensive line and the cornerback. There are still cornerbacks available in free agency who are probably waiting till after the draft to sign, uh, but so it could be addressed still. Pick 29, I have the Packers. They're going to Rondell Moore, the wide receiver out of Purdue. A lot was said, obviously, about last year, not giving Aaron Rodgers the weapons they, you know, he could use, and instead they, you know, moved up to get a quarterback. We won't go there right now, but Rondell Moore, wide receiver out of Purdue, will go to Green Bay and add another weapon for 
Rodgers. Pick number 30 is the Bills, and I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. Because what do you do when you have needs and you have a lot of draft capital? Well, you could use all those picks on players and hope that they all plan out, or you can use those picks as assets to move up and move back and move around this way and get and get players that you are more confident in, players that you are more certain will pan out. So I have the Jets again trading into the back end of the first round. Now, it's with Buffalo, so I don't really know how I feel about, about that. I don't know if Buffalo is going to want to trade with a division opponent, but I don't really think the Buffalo cares. They're way ahead in the Jets, so I don't really think they matter. They don't have much of a need, so they could use some extra picks for a future or whatnot. So I have the Jets trading back into the first round here, um, and it's just four spots, okay? And they're going to go with another offensive lineman in Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State. And and Davis is somebody who can play all over the line, inside, outside, wherever. So it's a, a nice pick for them. They would probably want him over there at 34, but they don't want to take that chance. So they move up four spots back into the first. Again, wishful thinking. I know, yes, I'm a Jets fan. What am I going to do? I have him trading up twice. Not going to happen. But again, entertainment purposes only. All right, Wyatt Davis at pick 30 of the Jets. Pick 31, the Chiefs is Kadarius Tony. Yeah, sure, why not another offensive weapon for the Chiefs? Uh, and the Buccaneers, the world champions, they go with cornerback Tyson Campbell, uh, which is also good value here for the Super Bowl champions. So that is this mock draft, 1 through 32. I will be on again probably next week, one week before or a couple days before the NFL draft with any tweaks or changes I made. I don't really like changing I don't really like changing things up, but we'll see what happens as more information comes out. Just keep one thing in mind. A lot of news is going to be coming out probably over the next whatever how many days we have left, right? 13 days before the draft. 12 whatever it is. And a lot of that is is made up and a lot of that is leaked by NFL teams. This is true. All right, it's leaked or put out there by NFL teams or even perhaps agents for that matter in hopes that somebody slides, all right, or that somebody, it could actually be also in a positive way where you're hyping somebody up in hopes that another player, in hopes that that player is picked ahead of somebody else, leaving you more options at your pick. It's done, it's gamemanship, so you can't believe everything that you hear from now until the draft, okay? So obviously the Trevor Lawrence story was direct from him and his family, so that's not really what I'm talking about here. But you get what I'm saying, all right? So just don't believe everything you hear. That's that's really all it is. And remember, mock drafts are fun. Don't take them too seriously, all right? I wish we can all get paid what Mel Kuyper gets paid in order to guess, okay? That's basically what we're, that's basically what we're doing, okay? No one's going to pat you on the back if you got a few picks right in your mock draft. All right? Nobody cares. But it's for fun. And that's why we do it. And that's why I did it. And that's why I'm up here talking about it. And that's why I'll be up here talking about it again next week, as well as um, some fantasy impact of where some of these plays will go. And, of course, obviously, after the draft, we will have uh, a big probably two, three-episode uh, shows on 
on fantasy impact on these players. So that's going to do it. Thanks again for listening. It's good to be back on Fantasy Shed on air. Please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app as well as the New York Sports Beat, guys. Yes, I'm plugging myself. All right, go check that out and subscribe to that as well. You won't be disappointed, especially if you are a New York sports fan. All right, thanks for listening, and we will talk soon. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Shed on air. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FantasyShed underscore com for information on upcoming episodes as we help guide you to a fantasy football championship.